Hey everyone, Matt Strapp here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Wednesday Whip Around Edition. It is week four of the NBA season and we have a lot coming up for you on the show. First, we're going to check in with Mike Gallagher, who's going to break down some of the potential pickups in the fall in the wake of all of these injuries we've seen, including Chris Middleton, De'Aaron Fox, etc. After that, we're going to talk to Ryan Knauss and Jared Johnson, who have one team that's been absolutely decimated by injuries. So if you have had that experience, we will talk to them about that and try to look at a couple uh, potential buy-low moves to get out of that situation. And we'll close things out after that with Dr. A, Steve Alexander. But we begin with Mike. Hitting leadoff today is Mike Gallagher. Mike, what's happening? What has... uh, what has caught your eyes, uh, caught your attention recently since uh, since you last did your Friday podcast? Well, getting caught in the eye, I guess, would be OG Ananobi, uh, which is uh, a lot <laughs> That's of guys. That's a good point. Hey, thank you. Injuries, man. They are rampant everywhere. So, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that, what we're kind of learning. And we've, we have a couple big ones that we haven't really seen is going to happen yet with De'Aaron Fox and Chris Middleton. So we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, yeah, I guess we should probably start with really whose guy has been the steal of the draft. Uh, and that's been Brandon Ingram, who's hurt. So kind of want to talk some Pelicans. Uh, okay. First and foremost, man, they are not doing very well in the standings. And, and that's honestly no, they're not. true in a second. But them being 2-8, and eight, like, honestly, we knew they had a tough schedule to start. I think their first, like, 19 games, they faced more playoff teams by far than anybody else. So, like, obviously we knew they were going to be off to a good start. But 2-8, and eight, man, it, it's not good. So... Just quickly, with Drew Holiday, a guy who I have quite a few shares of, he's been bad in a lot of areas. So this morning, I was like, okay, why is this happening? So there's... Was that a rhetorical, why is this happening, like shouting at the clouds? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Old man yells at clouds. Um, Yeah, so like, there's a few areas that really stood out. And the first one is by play type, right? So... Uh, pick and roll ball handling those shots account for 36 percent of his shots both this year and last year however last year he was okay he was 63 percentile in efficiency this year 6.9 percentile in that play type so that is majorly pulling him down uh his transition possessions are down he's shooting the ball worse in isolation he's shooting the ball worse in spot ups um he's doing better on handoff plays but it's only seven percent of his shots so it's not really going to pull him up and then the other thing I looked at, too, was his jumper is destroying him right now. Uh, it's really failed him to this point. Specifically, his jump shot is just a 29.6 effective field goal percentage. That's down from 47.3 last year. That's 18% change. Um, so then Thanks. digging in even further than that, uh, his, his major problem within that is for sure pull-ups. He has a 23.3 effective field goal percentage on pull-ups. That's horrendous. Last year, it was Almost double that at 44%. So that has to come up. Uh, he's actually shooting well and catching shoots. Uh, his wide open threes are down. He's not taking as many of those. But um, yeah, so I think the bottom line is like he has to be better in pick and roll. Um, he has to be better at, and he's also bad on, he's been terrible on drives, which is he's really good at. Um, so a lot of people are like, oh, is he hurt with the knee thing? Doesn't look right. He's still doing well in fantasy for nine cat because he's yeah. so good everywhere else. But for him right. to be the guy that we want him to be, he has to make like 46, 47% from the field. But that's the thing. He's never shot worse than 43% ever, and he's at 36.4 this year. Also, if you look at the rest of his stats, rebounds are up. Assists are basically the same 
7.3 versus 7.7 last year. Steals are up 1.9 versus 1.6. Blocks exactly the same, 0.8. The only outlier here is that he's not shooting well. And this is a guy who's been around so long. I just think it's very rare to see a guy you know, go a whole season like this, you know, just a Drew Holiday to suddenly shoot like 36% for a season. It just doesn't really happen. He may not have a great shooting season, but I just think he's going to get better from than this and it'll pull everything up. Yeah. And I thought that um reason why I was so high on him is I thought he'd get a lot of transition buckets. Like we heard all off season, how the Pelicans want to lead the NBA in pace. And like I said earlier, his transition shooting is down, like not only just on misses, but also on volume um, that has to come up. And when he's really, really hot, um, that's when he's getting like 25-30% of his shots in fast break. Uh, and when he had the bad start, it was like empty. He was getting no fast break points. So that's another thing that has to come up too. So there's a lot of encouraging stuff. And like you said, like this guy year in, year out is really efficient. That's why he's been so fantasy friendly. So um, definitely want to keep an eye on him. I don't think he I don't think he looks hurt. I just think he's passing a lot. So maybe I don't like out of drives, like you feel like he's passed a couple good shots up. Um, so maybe it's in his head a little bit. But anyways, um, so other than that, J.J. Redick and Derek Favors are Undertaker.gifting it right now. You know, they were like left for dead coming into the weekend. And now their last two games have been really good, especially Favors. His minutes are up. Uh, defensive sets are there. Back-to-back double-doubles. Closing out games again. Um, so he looks really good. So a lot of people who kind of wrote him off may be regretting that. I think Favors, we know he's going to be risky just because he get, kind of gets hurt a lot. But yeah, definitely guys should be rostered. J.J. Redick was just one of the worst guys among, you know, just pure shooters who was just missing shots. But a huge game on Saturday, um, and that was the good game on Saturday, was with Brandon Ingram around. Uh, and then one guy who I actually liked before the Brandon Ingram news is Cambridge Williams. If this game was a little closer, he would have probably played over 40 minutes. Um, he got pulled with a few minutes left in the game because they were down and they needed three-pointers, so they put a lot of shooters out there. So uh, this guy, he just makes plays, man. He was a big reason why they won on Saturday. So I'm definitely full in on Cambridge Williams as a pickup. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, other than those guys, and I still think Josh Hart's still fine. Uh, had a couple downer games, especially over the weekend, two games ago. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely – I have a lot of Cambridge. I think I have him almost everywhere. Yeah, Kendrick Williams is a pickup. Josh Hart is a guy who I expected to have value really all season long, even if there were going to be some blips here and there. I don't, I'm not quite as sold on Hart just because – like, when Lonzo comes back, it's going to be... And we saw Saturday, like he, his usage could kind of disappear at times. And he's, like, sure, you know, but he's even been rebounding. That, yeah. Even in that Saturday game, he only took five shots, but he still had 10.7 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two threes. Yeah, well, he, so he hit them all. A, he had if that's an off game. Yeah. Well, he hit all his shots, you know. He was 100% Yeah, but goal, he's so. a good shooter. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Mean, I, I, I think we both have a point. Like, yeah. he may not be you know as good as as some of these games we've seen but i still think he's solid he's a, he's a guy who, and he has a really fantasy friendly game with yeah and boards and threes right i just think he's so. pretty much like almost top want to say top 50 top 60 and i think he's gonna come down just a little bit just because yeah i don't i, I don't really that. trust everyone in this rotation yet so again like we're talking about like picking up current Williams. i'm not saying like go trade your fifth round pick for him you know just kind of low opportunity cost <laughs> kind of a thing so right um right. yeah and then what do you what do you think about favors are you into favors at all I did not draft favors anywhere, and I mean, I guess it's really not surprising that he has bounced back, right? I mean, this is a proven player, mm-hmm. and I think it's probably a really good reminder to all of us that we think we know, we've decided what all of these guys are going to do all season, but it, it, some of these guys, it takes a minute to get going for whatever reason, 
so don't kind of write the book on a player for the whole season uh, after eight games, you know? <laughs> yeah, and he was, uh, as a center last year, he was like 21 and 14 with phenomenal defensive stats. So he could definitely do it, yeah. you know, especially at the five spot. So apparently someone stepped on De'Aaron Fox's foot, which is usually the reverse. Usually it's when the guys sprain their ankles, it's when they step on someone's foot. So I thought right. that was interesting. So uh, grade three, that's a long time. Uh, we're probably not going to see him until December. So really the pickups. And I'm not too excited about Corey Joseph. Uh, I picked up Yogi Ferrell in the 30 team last night. But I think really the bigger winner here is going to be Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, he actually has twice the usage rate. Uh, when he, Fox is off the floor, it's 28% without him, 14% with him. So that's a big boost. His assist rate was a lot better last year without Fox on the floor. So with Fox out now, I mean, that just clearly uh, ups him to, I think, like 34 minutes a game. So uh, a guy who's been hot, too. His last two games, he's played extremely well. So I expect him to be kind of the big winner. If you're in a 10-teamer or something, I'd probably pick him up. Curious to see how it affects Rashawn Holmes who has been playing pretty well um, next to Fox. They definitely suit each other uh, well with how they're going to play. And I think Harrison Barnes has kind of been underrated. Uh, and Harrison I can Barnes has been good, man. Yeah, he's been really, really good. So um, maybe he can take it to another level too. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of value to go around when you take um, that big, big usage chunk out with De'Aaron Fox. Um, and then on the flip side of that too, they might be really bad. Because, um, I mean, Fox is really their best player, I would say. Uh, and so taking him off the court... I mean, if they have any tough games coming up, it's going to be pretty ugly, I would think. It's been uh, it's been a demoralizing stretch of injuries just in general. So I, I feel like a lot of fantasy owners out there, there are fantasy owners who are looking at like five IR, five injured <laughs> you know, designations on their fantasy roster and just like throwing their hands up. Yeah, and just quickly, the Kings schedule, Blazers at Lakers, Boston, Phoenix, Nets at Washington, at Boston, at Philly versus Denver. Uh, and that takes you to December. So that's good. I mean, they may win one of those games. I like how you said at Washington. And so that was that's a, the one. a tough spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could. they get Phoenix at home. Phoenix has been good. Um, but yeah, like at oh, Washington. Yeah. I take Phoenix seriously. What, they have 138 points the other day? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other injury I think you mentioned was Chris Middleton. I mean, I, three to four weeks of the thigh bruise, huh, Mike? Yeah, uh, that's a... I mean that's bad that's a bruise. legit Bruce. Yeah. But are, are we seeing like are we seeing you know and I throw Steph Curry into this conversation too who you know there was a, a moment there where it's like he might miss the whole season because of a broken hand. Are, are are we seeing teams just be just absurdly overly cautious with injuries now like more so than ever? Like I just don't think I now maybe this is truly a horrendous thigh bruise and we'll hear more about it or there's something more to it, but it just feels like we're seeing an overabundance of caution with a lot of injuries. Well, I think Derek Favors had a thigh bruise that kept him out for a few weeks once. Um, yeah, it happens. Like there's guys who, like I think Cody Zeller had one that cost him a couple of weeks. Like it happens sometimes, but usually yeah, but three, you don't we're hear talking three to four, right? And usually you don't hear it like off the jump, like oh he's out three to four. Usually it's like oh he's day to day and he'll be day to day for two weeks. Right. So, like yeah, that was weird. But um, yeah, just to Seth Curry, like apparently he said it's spring. He's hoping for spring. So like. Is, like, Groundhog Day a, a big thing for projecting his outlook when he returns or what? Like, he wants the Groundhog <laughs> to come out? I don't know, Bill Murray style. But, um... 20 more games of Steph. Well, if the, if the Groundhog sees a shadow, we get 20 <laughs> more games of Steph. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess just sh- shift in the Middleton. So, it's pretty much been, like, their core, besides Middleton, like, their core guys of Bledsoe, Giannis, 
and Brooke Lopez, and then it's been like a mixed bag who fills in after that. Obviously, Wes Matthews is number one. Uh, I think it's 17 minutes. And then it's like Kyle Korver, a little bit of George Hill, a little Dante, and a little bit of Sterling Brown. So it pretty much I think it comes down to being like equal opportunity for all those guys to take up those two rotation spots. So mm-hmm. you want to look at who's really the best um, with the minutes that they've been giving. Like you, I look at like how they're doing per 36. And the guy that jumps out to me who I'd be picking up out of this situation, and it, by the way, this is I'd rather have like Kenrich Williams or maybe even Grant Williams with the Hayward thing. But the guy I'd take a flyer on would be Dante DiVincenzo. Sure. Uh, yeah, like he's been pretty decent. Uh, he shows up in assists. He's rebounding the ball really well. Uh, three steals per 36 minutes uh, in a 97-minute sample. So... Uh, curious to see how he does. I think Kyle Korver's probably the safest, where he's probably a really decent bet for like almost I want to say you know two point seven threes, um, you know scoring in the low teens. So I think he's probably the safe guy, especially if you want threes. But um, the guy I'm really excited to see would be Divincenzo. Uh, throwing Brown, you know he's kind of okay, um, you know decent with steals, uh, gonna hit a lot of easy shots, good in transition. He runs runs the floor really well, so I think he could be a factor too. And again, there's not a whole lot here. Obviously, Giannis, just monster, monster usage rate. So, um, yeah, it's not like you would think a guy like Middleton going down would open up a bigger, like, run to grab a guy, you know, like Jabari Parker, for instance. Like, But that's not really the case here. I mean, I wish that in a perfect world, Coach Bud would, would give DiVincenzo an extended chance, just in general, period, as like a bench guy getting 25 minutes a game, because I think he's got a pretty fantasy-friendly game. It would be fun to watch. It'd be great to see him get an extended look, an exciting player. But yeah, it just I, it does feel like he's just going to kind of uh, spread it out amongst his, his, his veterans. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to touch on Dame super quick, uh, how just insane he's been. Uh, he has 20 points per game in pick and roll. That's like usually the league leaders at 12. That's just ridiculous. Uh, and then my favorite stat looked up over the weekend was up until Sunday, nobody had assisted him more than twice. And then CJ McCollum assisted him twice on Sunday. Uh, he has a league high 88% uh, 88% unassisted. That's higher than James Harden was last year, 87%. So I mean, he's been yeah. he's been the best player in nine category Number leagues. Number one. So far. Yep. Yep. So I think. Unless you count DeAndre Ayton in his one game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think uh, so. Uh, I think everyone would agree that, like, if we were drafting today, like, for sure he'd be number five. Even Maybe even a kind of, well, actually, you'd probably take him over AD with AD's comments yesterday saying he's trying to play through this thing. Like, that's not good, man. And he's had shoulder issues before. So, yeah, I think that for sure you would take Dame fourth if we were drafting today. I think that's probably, I don't know, would, any, would you, I mean, that's an easy call, right? Like Giannis, Harden, Cat, and then him in some order, you know? Yeah, I d- one 100% top five. I was thinking yeah. about this the other day. I ended up with him in several leagues, and in the era of load management and headaches, not to say that Lillard won't sit out a game here or there, but he is the antithesis of a headache. You could make a case for taking him first overall. You really could, yeah. If we were redrafting today. So he's he, he he's just in that mix of those, you know, we had that consensus top five with Curry going to the season. Now now Dame is in that mix. And you oh, could no take question. you could take any guy first, I think, yeah. going forward. But um yeah, I guess just a couple other waiver wire guys I just wanted to hit on that are like way too low. Um sure. Frank Nilakina, I still think has to be owned in a lot more leagues. He's only thirty one percent owned. Like that should be a hundred. I think that he has to play. And I think that's why David Fizdale's kind of on a hot seat. 
Uh, I don't know how Chris Boucher, after the last two games, is only owned in 28% of leagues. Like, he has to be owned in every league, I feel like. If, like, he's just, oh my god, that block he had in the fourth quarter on Harrell last night was just, like, ridiculous. But um, Time Lord's under-owned. We know his minutes are going to be kind of here and there. I mentioned Ken- Kenrich and then Dante. Those are kind of just names I looked up that, uh, uh, are you in Frank at all? Or uh, I have, a, I have, maybe I'm biased because I have a lot of Frank, but do you think he could sustain this even when, because Dennis Smith Jr. is back now. I think it's going to be tricky. I I'm all for adding him to see what happens because you're not going to find defensive stats like that just sitting on your waiver wire if things break right for him. But I do think it's it's going to get tricky if Fisdale, you know, gets fired or whatever. Like a new coach comes in, who knows what happens? They did pay Alfred Payton, so when he's healthy, he's going to earn minutes. So I think it's going to be tricky for Neil Keena to to sustain it. But I do. I am a fully on board with adding him to see what happens. Yep, that's what we say. Like, like I said about opportunity cost, man. So what if he doesn't work out? You just drop him for right. somebody you just else. Just cut him. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool, Mike. Well, uh, you'll be back on Friday with your regular Friday episode. Anything you want to preview there? Yeah, usually we just focus focus on the, whatever happened on Wednesday and Thursday, and kind of talking about the takeaways and players to pick up and all that. I write the midweek waiver wire, which has been. I've been getting really lucky uh, on that. Like, I wrote up, like, Kent Bazemore. I was like, hey, pick up Kent Bazemore in case Rodney Hood gets hurt. And he gets hurt the next day. Uh, and then Frank <laughs> Neal Keenan was a, a big hit. So I, I'm feeling feeling pretty good uh, about the nice. this new column. And then, yeah, we'll pretty much talk about that on the Friday pod, too. All right, so look out for the column and the podcast. Mike, thanks, man. We will talk to you soon. Do you have a mic, Ryan? You sound pretty good. S- say that again? Do you have a mic? I do. Yeah, you sound clean. Hey, Ryan, you sound fantastic. I just wanted to tell you that. Thank you so much. (laughs) You too. Thank you. Okay, I am here now with Jared Johnson and Ryan Knaus. Uh, I was going to say the law firm of Johnson and Knaus, but I feel like I've really been going to the well on that joke, so I'm not going to do it. I heard you hesitate. I was like, are you unsure what our names are? Like, Matt, stop it. Let it go. How are you guys? Uh, Uh, We're good. Like Good reeling personally the, bad as a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, reeling from the devastation of our fantasy team. <laughs> okay, so you guys share, you guys co-manage a team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's the league and what's the situation? Uh, it's uh, it's actually a league for charity. So um, okay, and it's actually very competitive. It's uh, this is the charity stripe league that I've heard about. It is, yes, correct. And not been invited to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got well, it. hey, I'm co-managing, <laughs> so there's not like a lot of space. But uh, anyway, right, right. Um. It's a league with only a three-person bench or a two-person bench and no IR, okay? So that already makes it, if you have one injury, you're, you're hurting, right? So in this league, yeah. we drafted Aiton with our number three pick. So basically, right off the bat, we lost our third best player. And we drafted Fox with our number two pick. And yesterday, okay. in the span of, I don't know, 15 minutes, we learned <laughs> that Middleton is going to miss three to four weeks. He was our number four pick with a thigh bruise, which is, yeesh, a thigh bruise injury costing three to four weeks. And 15 minutes later, Darren Fox sprains his ankle so badly in practice that he's going to be out for three to four weeks, reevaluated. So that means yes. <laughs> we've lost in this league with no IR. Our second pick, our third pick, our fourth pick, and yeah. I don't think you mentioned Marvin Bagley. Ah, we didn't mention Marvin Bagley, our sixth pick. We also lost Marvin Bagley, so our team is just 
destroyed. We're and again, no IR. I am somehow in three leagues without an IR spot. And yeah. I want to go on record as, especially in this day and age with load management and a thigh bruise costing three to four weeks, and we don't know what's going to happen. I have Brandon Ingram in multiple leagues. Oh. He, he's going to get an MRI on his knee. Having no IR is a terrible idea. So <laughs> yeah. You, if you were setting up a league, I would strenuously argue to have at least one spot. No, I, I think you need a not just an IR spot. I think you need a load management spot where you can just throw someone for a day Ooh, and pick a up someone. You know what? Right? You know what I'm yeah. most angry about this season is that the suspensions aren't valid for IR spots, which I just think Savage. is absurd. Isn't the kind Savage. of the point of an IR spot that you're allowed to put guys that aren't going to be playing in that spot so you can like... <laughs> Although it's almost like a morality thing. It's uh, like Yahoo yeah. is saying to us, like, yeah. no, no, no. They, they cheaters, broke the cheaters rules. Cheaters don't, don't get rewarded. Yes. You break a bone, you can go on IR. You break you, a rule, yeah. you cannot. You'd have to change the name of the spot too because it's an injured reserve. And right. these guys are not injured. So. Right. Like now CBS, CBS, you can put them on IR. My team, are we complaining? That's what I we're like, doing now, right? I like right? the complaining yeah. oh, yeah. angle. <laughs> uh, my team in the Roto World League, as you guys may have noticed, I drafted Steph Curry. <laughs> I uh, just lost Kyle Lowry. Uh, it feels like Ooh. something else bad happened. Mitchell Ro- Robinson yeah, is in the concussion protocol. I'm pretty pretty gutted there as well. Uh, it's it's uh, it's the worst. So are there any – by the way, I'd go with commiserating rather than complaining. I think this is – Okay. I'm going to go back and I'll you say that say commiserating right now just clean Ryan and I'll splice it in commiserating okay thanks. <laughs> okay and uh but are there any pickups out of all these injuries we just talked about it, it doesn't even seem like there are too many particularly compelling guys you got Jabari Parker he's he's been great um, he's long gone though yeah oh, of course yeah, yeah. so it, and Aaron Baines was a good pickup yeah. for Aiton and he's long gone Mike Gallagher Mike and I were just talking about the Bucks situation with Middleton you know, in a perfect world, they would give Dante DiVincenzo a chance, but it just doesn't feel like. I feel like it would be Sterling Brown. Is Pat Connaughton a pickup? But I'm saying, I'm saying, in a perfect world, it would be DiVincenzo. That would be the most Ah, fun outcome, is what I'm saying. Yes, I agree with that. Got it. You guys really got. You guys really were responded to that with way more vigor than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, it will be Sterling (laughs) Brown. I said Sterling Brown. Ryan said, uh, "Who'd Ryan say?" I said Pat Connaughton. Man, I guess you guys aren't big DiVincenzo guys. My mistake. Well, I was saying the the actual pickup in reality. I, I agree with your in a hypothetical perfect world. Okay. DiVincenzo would be a more fun guy to get unleashed. But You want to actually talk about something that has value. I understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. And it's not like the Kings, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Mike was saying, he feels like he's the main beneficiary of the Fox thing. But... He's, I mean, he's already rostered yeah. in a lot of leagues. Yeah, anyways, that's not right? really a pickup. And then no. Corey Joseph, but he's not, you know, very good. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, who do yeah. they? I mean, I, I guess Bogdan is a ball handler enough that he could take over most of those responsibilities. They'll probably throw Yogi Ferrell into the rotation. I don't think there's a clean winner here. No. Yeah, it's all pretty devastating. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you really do if you're if you have one of these teams that's just like, you know, has like six dudes who got injured. I I think the worst thing to do is to give up because that's annoying for your league mates and it's annoying. It's just not a good feeling for you either. You're not going to feel great. Well, about Jared that. and I talked about: Do we just 
just take a month of losses and hope that we can get to 500 by the All-Star break. Embrace the mini tank. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing, and I've been thinking about this in the Roto World League where I took some severe hits early. Do you actually go out and try to trade for John Collins and DeAndre Ayton, for we example? We were actually talking about that. Yeah, I actually think that's a really valid strategy and just hope you can tread water because then December you get those guys back and your team is potentially stacked. Yeah. Um, I tried to trade Mitchell Robinson to Tommy Beer for uh, John Collins and a little something uh, else, and he was not happy. Wow, it. really? But, yeah, he turned it wow, down. Wow, if I was John Collins, I think I would actually take that. Hmm. If you were John Collins, you would. <laughs> but if you were Tommy Beer, if I was you might the... not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, well, the, the, the little something else was Marcus Smart before Gordon Hayward got uh, hurt. I, I don't know if that changes your perception yeah. of it. Mm. Mitchell Mitchell Robinson though I mean his minutes have been held in the high teens and my as a Mitchell Robinson owner and I think just one league I'm hoping almost I I hate to say it that David Fisdale changes his philosophy or is replaced yeah I always thought you were gonna say it just gets fired (laughs) I was going to but it felt so mean-spirited and we've already been so (laughs) we've we've been so negative it's true it's the injuries bringing this out of us though (laughs) but um but yeah, it's it's troubling. So I'm I'm hoping that his his minutes come up. And if the Knicks keep losing, you know, something has to give. So why not give this incredibly promising young young center more minutes? I agree. I agree. And it's not like Bobby Portis is an old man per se, but you got to play Mitchell Robinson, yeah. don't you? And I think I do think if there's a coaching change, that is what's going to happen. I'm yeah. not super nervous about Mitchell because like we saw last year, even if like a worst case scenario where he's only earning 20 minutes, he was still capable of putting up top 40 value. So I just feel like he's the ultimate buy low guy right now. I just don't see there's any way he's averaging minutes in the high teens for 82 games. That seems right. absurd to me. I mean, the Knicks are absurd, but Come on, like this guy this guy has to figure it out at some point. I mean, it's almost like Fisdale doesn't want the job if he's going to continue doing that. <laughs> but, right. But uh, well, don't look now though. I almost think we just accomplished something productive other than complaining, guys. I think we just decided Mitchell Robinson is the ultimate buy low. I would second that. I agree. He was even cut in one league with no IR after his concussion. I think a, it it's a relatively shallow league and owner got fed up. And I, I grabbed wow. him immediately. I was like, I couldn't believe I saw him there. I, and it's a nine-cat league. So he's... There wow. is, yeah, there's getting fed up and then there's that. I mean, that's yeah, a little... Yeah, that's rough. chaos. That but I, I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> ultimate by low. That's, that's an example of how frustrated some of his owners probably are. Right. It's going to be even more frustrating when Mitchell Robinson's blocking like eight shots in a, in a month or yes. two. Uh, that guy's going to be way more frustrated. <laughs> well, guys, anything else on your mind? So um, Harrison Barnes has actually gotten off to a really good start this season. Uh, And he was quite bad with the Kings once he landed there last year. But through the first nine games, he's actually been uh, flirting with top 60 value. 15.6 points, 5.2 boards, 1.8 dimes, 1.3 steals, 49.1% shooting, 75 from the stripe. That's all well and good. But I really do feel like once Marvin Bagley gets back, that there's no way his production doesn't take a hit. I just don't see him getting the shot attempts he needs with a guy as dominant as Bagley in the mix. So I would definitely use this. You know, Bagley's out another couple weeks. I would definitely test the market on Harrison Barnes and see if you can get back maybe a a mid-round caliber player because 
last year he was really nothing more than a late round guy and you know yeah. his situation's good right now but will that be sustainable i'm not quite so sure i i would say absolutely sell high this is this is a sell high moment as you mentioned the the bagley returning impact but also with fox out He's not going to get that many easy shots. You're losing uh, a dynamic playmaker who forces yes. de- defenses to pay attention to him, creates so, you know so much attention that is allowing Harrison Barnes to be this efficient. So I think without yep. Fox and then th- that already hurts him, and then with Bagley coming back, forget it. So if he has a couple good games in this interim span, I would flip him immediately. So he's got here's by the way, guys. You know, it's right behind Mitchell. Uh, Harris, I just gave away Harrison Barnes in the in the nine category rankings. Mitchell Robinson. Hey, wow! I'm not saying that anyone in their right mind would do that in in half as many minutes. Well, someone in their semi right mind dropped him. So. That's true. But so, okay, Harrison Barnes. Uh, PJ Washington is one spot ahead of him in nine category leagues. Who would you rather have? PJ. Oh, that would be such a nice trade. I would rather have PJ Washington than Harrison Barnes. Okay, for so sure. there's one idea. Josh Hart is eight spots ahead of Harrison Barnes. With, with Brandon Ingram hurting, sure, give oh, me him. Yeah. He's only 10 spots behind Robert Covington. I don't think you could really get Covington, but maybe you work it into like a two-for-two deal. Another possibility, at least float, yeah. float a little something out there. Yeah, and wow, I just I just am seeing right now, not that this is not a trade idea, but wow, Bradley Beal, 60, low 60s, huh? It's the percentages right yeah yeah it's not the county <laughs> no it's not it's not right sounds like a guy who drafted beyond a couple of weeks <laughs> maybe just a little <laughs> percentages and turnovers 40 percent from the field four turnovers yeah. not worried at yeah. all for the record not at all vote of confidence from ryan Knauss. all right well yeah i'm with you on harrison barnes though Jared, I think that makes sense. I did. I he actually speaking of guys who got dropped, he got dropped in one of my leagues at the very beginning of the season. I picked him yeah. up, but now I am now I'm going to shop. I was him. actually contemplating dropping him after I drafted him, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad that I have him, and now I can try to unload him onto the market. Yeah, it, it has kind of f- had the feeling of oh, this is a little too good to be true, and when you put it into the Bagley context, I think that's why. Yeah, definitely. All right, so bye bye Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> all right gentlemen thank you for taking the time fellas i hope you both uh find something for all of us to not complain about <laughs> as we go through our days here oh there's there's always a silver lining so all right well if you have any like motivational gifts or anything you want to send me uh, throughout the day please bring them my way okay we'll do all right see all you right. guys later man so just talk for a second let me just test you check check one two luka donkic donkic Luca, you're good. We're rolling. Checking in now with Dr. A. Steve Alexander. Steve, what's happening? I'm putting the final touches on the buy low, sell high column that is going to be out Tuesday. Um, coming off, I will. It's already out. That came out Tuesday. We can came out on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and I'm coming off a, a really rough Sunday night. That Lakers game, Lakers-Toronto game, the last game of the week, Sunday night. Uh, uh-huh. I went into my matchup, I think I was down 3-6. to six. Uh, At some okay. point in the fourth quarter, Anthony Davis, for me, my team, hit two free throws. That put me up .803 to .802 oh, and man. ended up giving me a 5-4 lead in our matchup. 
Uh, okay. But then Anthony Davis shot two unnecessary three-pointers in the final, like, two or three minutes. He missed both of them. That caused my field goal percentage to fall. Took me from being up, like, 0.482 to 0.481 to down 0.481 to 0.479. And then to finish me off, uh, OG and Anobi for my opponent, OG gets up there at the very end of the game, like 20 seconds left, buries two free throws, puts his team back over the top in free throw percentage, and I went from a 5-4 win to a 3-6 loss in like a three minutes real time span. Wow. OG Ananobi known to be not the world's best free throw shooter either. Not a great free throw shooter. He only shot two of them all night. And of course they were nothing but net. So yeah, that's brutal. You don't hear about, I think, yeah, the, those dramatic finishes, I think happen more often in obviously happen more often in fantasy football, which all happens, you know, over the course of mostly one day or a couple of days, but whereas basketball, there's so many stats that get compiled. It's it's a little more rare for you to have a race like that in multiple categories going on at once. Yes, and then the other thing that happened that evening, uh, Jared Johnson and I were playing each other, and he sends me a text. He's like, dude, Trey Young just got you the lead in points in our league, and I'm, I'm hosed now. And he said, unless Bazemore outplays Trey in this <laughs> overtime period. Oh, there's the kiss of death. Of course, right there. Bazemore comes out and bangs two three pointers right off the bat. Trey doesn't do anything, and yeah, he got his points back. Man, thanks to Bazemore, it was a rough. It was a rough Sunday, and it was fun though because I had Jared was texting me, and Brian Rosenworcel was the 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 guy I was playing in the other league where he's like, "Dude, are you watching this?" He's like, "Our our both of our percentages are changing every possession." So it was pretty. It's pretty fun to watch. That's awesome. Even though I lost. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's rough. Uh, well, if you feel if it makes you feel any better, I just talked to Jared a few minutes ago, and he's pretty down and out about his injuries in a bunch of leagues. So maybe that makes you feel a little better about how things went down. I was just talking about Jared because uh, when Draymond Green got thrown out of that game, you know, immediately after Draymond got thrown out in that Roto World Live League, I've got um, Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Ayton who are out, but they're going to be back, and we know they're going to be good when they come back, whereas Draymond's just a, who knows what that dude's going to do this year, so he's firing me these Draymond Green for those guys' offers, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I'm i not playing that game. He actually offered me a trade involving Draymond Green as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is for, desperate to move Draymond Green. For the injured Kyle Lowry, and I said, I mean, it, it's not a a bad offer for someone to make like i i don't think that's that's not first of all i know i don't get insulted by trade offers ever no matter what they are but it was fine but i said no but yeah I, I'm, I'm not i am not getting on back on board that ship is my point i will only get on board the warriors uh express for if it's with a waiver wire pickup that's the only way i'm getting back on board i could be tempted by d'angelo russell i think oh okay interesting now you said the other day you're a little worried about him not, you know, him getting the shutdown treatment at some point with the Warriors. I mean, it's, it's possible that it happens. He's he's younger though. I feel like he's younger and he's he's not crazy like Draymond is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm worried about all of them. I, I, Russell's right. been great though. I mean, he's been great in fantasy, top 35 guy so far. You know what? I'll just use him in DFS, and then that way I only own, own him a day at a time. <laughs> 
That was so easy to resolve. Man, if only it was all that hey, easy. Hey, do you have any concerns? Do you have any concerns about Kyle Lowry? About Fred Van Vliet like coming in here and just like taking over in the next month? I don't. I don't. Um okay. my only concerns with Lowry are he was playing something like thirty nine minutes a game before the injury. So my only concerns really are about him breaking down more and missing more time. But I think when he's on the court, he looks phenomenal and he's basically he's been a top fifteen guy all year so far. All year I say. It's been like a few weeks. But uh no. I think Lowry still has a ton left when he's healthy. My only concern is him staying on the court. Makes sense? Well, yeah, and also you have to worry about this thumb thumb thing lingering. Yeah. You know, the the good news is we're not in a situation where, first of all, they said it was a small fracture, right? The Raptors need him, you know? The Raptors are trying to contend this year, so they're not just going to, like, pull some crazy shutdown on him. Makes sense. Eh, you're talking about the team that uh, won a championship last year by not playing Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> that that is true. That's a really fair point. But they're they've gone a very different direction with Lowry Lowry so far this year. So, as far as running him into the ground, <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> uh, the reason I I had a momentary space out a minute ago, just seconds ago at least, I believe we saw that Brandon Ingram's MRI came back clean. That's who oh, good. We, were we were talking about Ingram earlier on the show. If you are using this podcast to get all of your news, which I don't advise, uh, you now know <laughs> that Brandon Ingram MRI came back clean. So that's good news. And uh, yeah, great. Matt, where do you, where do you see this uh, podcast going as far as length? Uh, <laughs> Is this going to set a record? Today's episode? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. No, no, no. Right. We're, we're, we're going to be under an hour, I think. Okay. We're going to be in under an hour. We're st we're still partway through it, but uh, yeah, we're. I think we'll be under an hour. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you and I might. You and I might be near the finish line. Do we have anything else to talk about? Anything else on uh, your mind, Steve? Luka Doncic hit nine of ten free throws and had one turnover last night. I don't oh, know if you caught that, Matt. I regret asking that last question so immensely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've decided that I have I have a new life goal. What's um, that? To spread the gospel of Luka Doncic no, across I, the globe? I, I've got to be careful not to totally burn people out on seeing my name because they like, oh, God, Luke, the guy's going to start talking about Luka again. Change his name to Dr. Doncic on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was a kid, I collected NBA players' game-worn shoes. I'd go down to the hotel. I'd come out of the elevator. There was no security back then. Nobody cared. I'd be like, hey, Michael Jordan, what's happening? Sign my Sports Illustrated cover. Hey, Dominique Wilkins, can I have your shoes after game? And a lot of these guys gave me their shoes, including like Dominique and Clyde Drexler and Daryl Dawkins and Carl Malone and Isaiah Thomas and whatnot. So now I've decided that even though I'm a grown-ass man who's in his 50s, I need a pair of Lucas shoes. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to do it, Matt. I do have a 12-year-old kid I can I can use to pull this, help me pull off this heist, but yeah, I that's... need to get a pair of Lucas shoes. Now, the questionable part of that, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, is he assists you in this, right? Like, yeah, your kid somehow asks for shoes. Okay, Lucas is a really nice guy, gives him some shoes, then you swoop in and take them. So what is your kid... <laughs> What is your what? I just wonder the ethics of that are interesting. I you know I I think we could open up this floor to a debate 
of some kind at another time about the ethics of that move. It would be a family possession, a family okay. type of trophy. So you're sh- it, all and right. they would be his in the end because clearly everything I have is going to be his at some point. Right. Uh, but also, Matt, what I was thinking, like, what could I do? Like, what if I walked out? What, what if we go see Luca play in Atlanta and okay. I walk up to him with Dominique's game-worn leather converse with his name on the side from 1985, say, hey, Luca, I will give you Dominique's classics, antiques, probably worth a ton of money for a pair of your shoes. What, what do you think would happen? First of all, don't do that near Dominique Wilkins, who will be courtside calling the game, because uh, that will not go over well. Secondly, I think if you come at Luka Doncic with a 30-year-old pair of shoes, he is going to turn tail and head the other direction. That's my I will prediction. be escorted out of the building immediately. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, I think at Hey Luca, uh, conversation's probably over, but that's my guess. Um, and then... And only then will you return to Team Trey full time. Uh, no, I don't know. This, it, yeah, it's worth a try. Went now, off I, the rails. It did. It did. We've lost it. Yeah, I guess what I was going to say to put a button on that is I, I'm not going to help you with that <laughs> <laughs> if we go to a game together. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we've lost it. That's okay. We need a little interlude where we apparently didn't talk about fantasy at all for 10 minutes, and that's fine. Hey, then we, we're doing this again, what, we record on, like, Sunday, usually? Yeah, we record on Sunday for Monday, yep. When we do that, let's make a pact right now. We're not going to mention Luca. Okay. And we're going to have a fantasy focus. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, it's done. Right. It's a done deal. All right, Okay. have a good one. All right, you too, man. See ya. All right, that just about does it for us. Thank you to Mike Gallagher, Jared Johnson, Ryan Knaus, and Steve Alexander for joining me. If you want to follow them on Twitter, it's at Mike S. Gallagher, at Knaus underscore RW, at J the Truth, and at Dr. A. I am at Matt Straub. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review the show as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you soon.